This is Cody Ray Miller, and you're listening to the Dude Fuel Podcast. This is one of my favorite topics to discuss, how to deal with anxiety. And the reason for this is that I suffered with anxiety for a long time and it eventually developed into panic attacks. And um, for a short time, I did have to be medicated by my doctor. And so um, I had a prescription for Xanax and uh, thankfully I only used it one time. So I say I was medicated for it. Um, Thankfully, I only had to take a Xanax one time or I only chose to take it one time. And that was largely because I understood the addictive nature of that potential drug. And I'm very averse to, you know, putting things into my body if I don't absolutely need them. So I'm not just going to pop some Tylenol um, just because, you know, I have a few aches and pains but I'm very, very careful of what I put in my body. So um, with that kind of being the background, you understand where I'm coming from. For years, I struggled with um, intense anxiety, anxiety that really affected my ability to live my life. I remember my wife and I, we were going to a live show. Uh, We were seeing Wicked. And I was on tour, uh, Dallas Summer Musicals, um, and you know the show um, came to Dallas, and or maybe they were based in Dallas. I don't know, but anyway, we saw it in Dallas, and um, uh, I re- just remember it was intermission, and everybody was using the restroom, and um, I went to the men's restroom, and uh, I just I had a real problem with being able to use the restroom with other people around. And especially for guys, we walk in and there's a wall just filled with urinals. And, you know, maybe there's a nice separator between them, maybe there's not. And I remember vividly, I had to use the restroom. I had to urinate like big time, okay? And um, I remember there were just so many people in there and I felt so much anxiety because I felt like people were looking at me. I felt like other people needed to use the restroom. So what if I didn't use it fast enough? What if people were staring at me and seeing that I was having trouble going and they're thinking, what's he doing at the urinal right now? He's not even urinating. Hey, come on, pal. I've got to go. And then there was this guy that was in there and whether it was his job or he just thought it would be fun. He was like singing, singing songs. All right, everybody. Hey, singing songs. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have a flipping meltdown. And I just about did. Um, I literally went into the restroom. I stood at the urinal. I could not urinate because there were too many people around. There was too much going on. My anxiety was just like blaring. It was horrible. Um, And I finally just left the restroom with a full bladder. I was so uncomfortable. Then my health anxiety kicked in and said, well, I've got to urinate. If I can't urinate, something bad's going to happen. My bladder could rupture or, you know, this or that. Started going down a horrible path. I was so agitated. And um, so I walked out and I was trying to explain to my wife what was going on. But thankfully by then she was aware of my struggle with anxiety. So she could kind of see it all over my face that something was up. And then I'm sitting here going, well, I still need to use the restroom. I want to wait for all these people to clear out. But now they're hurting people back into the theater and the show's about to start. My wife and I paid for tickets and we're on a date and I don't want to be an inconvenience to my wife. She wants to see the show. And I was like, hey, you go back in, go enjoy the show. I just have to wait until everybody leaves. I can't use the restroom in there. There's just too many people. It's just too much, right? 
So that's where I'm coming from. And I don't know if you can relate to any of that or not. You know, another quick story uh, or just example, you know, often when I was driving up to my IT job, it was about a 30, 35 minute commute um, if the traffic cooperated. And there were many times that I had to pull off off the side of the highway or take an exit or whatever the case may be, I had to get off the road and stop the car and get out because I would experience these panic attacks while I was driving. And you know, you'd just be sitting in your car and all of a sudden your heart rate would just shoot up like bum 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 in your chest. And you're like, what the heck is going on? So Again, I don't know if you can relate to any of that or not. I suppose to someone who hasn't been through anxiety and panic attacks, you might be going, wow, dude, that's some serious stuff, right? And it is. But today what I want to talk about is how to deal with anxiety. Um, For a long time, I would say, you know, how to beat anxiety or I overcame anxiety or beat it. I try to avoid that phrasing, although I'm I'm not 100% successful, but I try to avoid that phrasing because we're dealing with anger. We're not fighting it, overcoming it, wrestling it. I tried that approach for many years, and so I want to talk about what finally worked for me and what I believe can help you to cope with your anxiety. So first off, what is anxiety? Okay, what is it? Anxiety is useful and necessary. Anxiety is something that alerts you to perceived danger. Now, it's very important that you understand that anxiety is alerting you to perceived danger. It doesn't mean that the danger is real. This is why you can watch a movie or a TV show, and if it's very high drama, your heart rate will elevate a bit, your blood pressure will elevate, you can even get sweaty palms or have a panic attack, right? How is that possible when you're not in any real danger? You're in a movie theater or you're sitting down on your sofa, whatever the case may be, you're not in any immediate danger, but watching some of this stuff can alert you and you can start to feel anxious. It's because anxiety exists to alert you to perceived danger. So here's the problem. When your anxiety systems in your body begin to go haywire, They start alerting you to perceived dangers that are not real dangers. And this is where you're driving down the road and all of a sudden you have a panic attack like I did and you go, where the heck did that come from? Okay, and I'll talk about panic attacks specifically here in a moment. But when you start to feel anxiety, maybe, you know, you're around people in a social setting and you start to feel anxiety and you're like, hey, there's no danger here. Why am I, why am I feeling like like there's immediate danger, like I need to run away, like I need to get out of here, like I need to escape. Why am I feeling that way? Well, it's because your body's anxiety system is perceiving danger, okay? So let me talk about how a lot of people try to deal with their anxiety, how I tried, and what doesn't work. What doesn't work is telling anxiety to shut up, right? What doesn't work is suppressing anxiety and ignoring it. It will not work. If you suppress anxiety, sooner or later you'll have a panic attack. If you suppress anxiety for long enough, you will, I should say more than likely, okay, have a panic attack. And here's why. Imagine for a moment, just work with me here, Imagine for a moment that you wake up in the middle of the night and your house is on fire and the person sleeping next to you or the person in the next room is fast asleep. 
So you wake up and the house is on fire. Probably the first thing you're going to do after you kind of figure out what's going on is you're going to try to wake that other person up, right? So how are you going to try to wake them up? Okay. You're probably going to say, so-and-so, wake up. The house is on fire. So-and-so, wake up, right? What if that person doesn't wake up? Well, then you'll escalate. And now you'll begin to shake them a little bit. Hey, 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 wake up, wake up. The house is on fire. Okay. What happens if they don't wake up then? Shake them harder, right? Now you'll become a little bit aggressive. Hey, hey, you've got to wake up. The house is on fire, (laughs) right? What happens if they still don't wake up? You will become increasingly aggressive trying to raise their awareness. You might even pull them out of the bed, kathunk, onto the floor. Why? Because you have perceived danger and it is your job. All you can think of right now is alerting this other person to the danger that you guys might burn alive or suffocate in this house if you don't get out. It is a life or death situation. Now, I want you to imagine or understand rather that anxiety is like that. Anxiety tries to rouse your awareness to raise your awareness and to draw your attention to a danger that it perceives. It may not be a real danger, but anxiety is very concerned about it. So it's trying to get your attention. If you ignore anxiety, it will escalate. If you ignore or try to suppress your anxiety or deny your anxiety, it will eventually burst out of you in something like a panic attack or some sort of breakdown. Okay. So the worst thing that we can do in dealing with anxiety is to ignore it or to suppress it. That is the worst thing you can do for anxiety. That is not the way to deal with it. Okay. What is the best way then to deal with anxiety? It's to listen to it. It's to give it an honest hearing. It doesn't mean that you have to give in to anxiety or agree with anxiety, but the best way to deal with anxiety is to give it an audience. Let it speak to you. Don't ignore it. Don't suppress it. So here's what I tried and successfully. This worked for me. Maybe it would work for you as well. Understand that anxiety is trying to serve your best interest, okay? Don't fight with anxiety. Anxiety is there trying to help you and protect you. Ultimately, anxiety wants exactly what you want. It wants well-being, it wants health, it wants you to stay alive, right? And to stay out of danger. That's what you want as well. So, the best way that I found to deal with this was to, you know, to give anxiety an audience was to find a space where for three, just three to five minutes, okay, wherever I could find a space, if it was a closet, an empty room, a restroom stall, whatever the case may be, pull off to the side of the road if I'm alone in my car, I would find a space where I could be for three to five minutes and I would close my eyes and I would imagine myself in this giant boardroom, this giant conference table in front of me in this boardroom. And there are many, 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 many chairs, countless chairs at this conference table. And I am sitting at the head. You are sitting at the head of this conference table because you're running the meeting. 
And sitting in the chairs around this giant conference room, imagine all of your emotions. Greed, lust, happiness, joy, anxiety, stress, fear, doubt, worry. As many as you can imagine, you just imagine that they're all there. And anxiety is sitting at one of these chairs. Important to note, anxiety is not at the head of the table. Anxiety is not running the meeting. Anxiety is not in charge. But anxiety does get to have a voice. Anxiety is important and it gets to say its piece and you get to listen and then make a decision. So imagine then that anxiety has been given the floor and give that permission. Say, anxiety, I'm listening. What is going on? It usually doesn't take very long. Okay. If you're new at this practice, it could take a little longer. Okay. And depending on if you've practiced meditation or if you journal or you do a lot of reflection and introspection, it may take a little longer or, you know, a bit uh, less time for some people. But, you know, ask anxiety, and again, this is still with your eyes closed and you're visualizing this, ask anxiety to speak up. Hey, anxiety, I hear you. Something's going on. What is happening? What, what are we worried about? What's the concern here? What's the fear here? Okay. In my case, as I mentioned, health anxiety was a big thing. So a lot of times, anxiety would come up and say, well, um, you know, remember when... Uh, you know, remember when, um, you got that cut outside in the yard. This was, this is a real example. Remember when you got that cut outside in the yard and you don't really remember when the last time was you got a tetanus shot. Now it's a really little cut, but tetanus is everywhere. And, you know, just be aware you could get tetanus. You could get locked jaw. Um, you know, you may need to seek medical attention. So anxiety says it's peace about, hey, I think you're going to die from tetanus, right? I listen to it. I listen to its presentation. I say, thank you, anxiety. You may sit down. I really appreciate you sharing that with me. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm, I am going to process what you just said. And I'm going to say, well, I have my medical records at home. I can actually look and see when I last got my tetanus shot. For the time being, because I need to get home, right? For the time being, though, um, I'm not in any immediate danger. I am going to deal with the problem. I'm not ignoring it. And thank you for raising that to my attention. I also know that in, in terms of the probabilities, the chances that I really got tetanus from that cut outside in the yard is very slim. It's possible, but it's quite rare. And so I'm going to take that into consideration as well. The fact that I know that, and, uh, I am not going to, um, you know, be concerned about that in the moment. Okay. So you give anxiety the floor and then you process it through your own awareness and consciousness. And when you do this, you will often be amazed. It, it doesn't work. It's, you know, it's, this is not some voodoo magic. Okay. It's not like it works every time. It's not a vending machine where you put in, you know, three quarters and you get out a candy bar every time. Okay. Sometimes you're going to go through this process and you're going to be like, huh, I still feel anxious. Right. And so that is just, that's just the nature of the beast. Okay. But what you can do, okay. What you can do with this process 
because it's not a magic vending machine. What you can do with this process is reduce your anxiety. Many times you'll find that your anxiety basically vanishes because it goes, oh, okay, I did my job. And now I can go back to a resting state because my job was to get Cody to pay attention to this perceived danger. Now that Cody has paid attention to the perceived danger, my job's done. I can go to rest now. I can sleep now. Uh, I can calm down now. Okay. So you'd be amazed sometimes at, at what happens as a result of that simple exercise. Okay. So, um, that's one uh, exercise and activity that I strongly recommend to you. Um, I want to close out by talking about panic attacks. Like I said, I would panic attacks are simply the extreme expression of your ignoring anxiety and not validating it. What I mean by this is you need to validate your anxiety. And, and so many people, they feel like if they validate their anxieties, that it means that they're saying that the things they're anxious about are real. Like if they're anxious about developing cancer, if they validate that anxiety, they feel like they're going to get cancer or they feel stupid and illogical because they go, there's no good reason for me to think that I have cancer. I just went to the doctor and I had a great checkup. Okay. Uh, everything looked good. So if I validate that anxiety, then it also feels illogical. It feels stupid, right? Not the case. If anxiety is telling you that there's some sort of perceived danger, you need to validate that in that anxiety has perceived danger. You're not validating that the danger is real or noteworthy or anything that you need to do anything about, but you have to validate that the anxiety is, is real in that it's perceived. It's a real perception that somehow your body has made. So if you will validate that, you will uh, likely find that your panic attacks will diminish and then eventually go away. I haven't had a panic attack, thankfully, in a very long time. It's, I'm not, I haven't kept track, but I would say it is probably, probably a year or more probably more, honestly. Anxiety I still deal with, but um, I've gotten a lot better of dealing with my anxiety now that I'm becoming aware and I'm letting anxiety speak to me and I'm not suppressing and resisting it all the time, okay? So if you're struggling with anxiety on any level, whether you can relate to some of the sort of extreme examples I gave or not, whether you're having panic attacks or not, if you're experiencing anxiety, I would strongly encourage you to adopt a good philosophy uh, with anxiety, to understand its purpose. It's there as a friend, as a helper. It's trying to let you know when there's danger. Validate those perceptions. Uh, that doesn't mean that they're accurate perceptions, but validate the perceptions as how you really feel. Don't suppress it. Don't try to squash it. Don't try to, you know, force it down because then your body is simply going to keep shaking you harder and harder and harder <clears throat> until you wake up and realize the house is on fire. And now you may wake up and say, okay, whoa, anxiety, what's going on? And <clears throat> you realize the house is not on fire. And so you go, anxiety, what the heck, bro? What were you telling? Well, anxiety thought that the house was on fire. You look up, you look around and you go, the house is not on fire. Okay. And so you realize that anxiety was having a nightmare, right? <laughs> anxiety was wrong. It was perceiving danger when there really wasn't any. 
but its perception was valid and you need to validate it. Okay, validate that that's how it was perceiving things. And then, you know, use logic, use reason, uh, and use everything at your disposal to evaluate your risk and to say, okay, I'm going to come to a decision that it does not appear the house is on fire. I'm going to make a check around the house. Nope, nothing's on fire. There's no smoke. Everything's good. Hey, anxiety, thank you so much for letting me know, but I'm going to go back to sleep now. Right? And at that point, what can anxiety say? Right? Because you've validated what it's saying, but you've done an invest, you've performed an investigation, and now you've made a decision. And nine times out of ten, I found uh, that anxiety would leave me alone after that because it would be like, oh, okay, well, I did my job, and okay, mm, mission accomplished. Right? So as always, this podcast is dedicated to you and to your success. I thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope that this information has been beneficial to you. And if it has, I hope you'll subscribe to the podcast and also um, share it with a friend, a loved one, somebody who could benefit from this message in dealing with anxiety. I'm Cody Ray Miller. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to speaking with you again tomorrow.